Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Mark Potash, and this is Alice Intrigue, the Chicago Sun-Times Bears podcast. Where Potsy, on today's episode, we will talk about an intriguing name for the Bears' vacant presidency job. We'll talk about what Justin Fields can prove against the Lions on Sunday. And we'll ask the question, would you rather be the Lions or the Bears? That and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Potsy, as we sit here on Thursday afternoon, we can confirm that the Bears have talked to Kevin Warren about their vacant presidency job. Kevin Warren is the commissioner of the Big Ten, and before that was the COO of the Vikings. He was with the Vikings when they built their stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, that uh, I think we all love, uh, and uh, has a business background Uh, much as Ted Phillips, I guess, does, uh, in that he's not a football guy. Phillips had announced in September that he was stepping down on February 28th. It wouldn't be surprising, Potsy, if they hired a new president sometime in January and let Ted kind of, you know, ease him in and and have a little overlap between the two. But, you know, off the top of your head, what do you think of the idea of Kevin Warren as a candidate? Well, he's not uh, from kind of the Bears family which, you know, I, I don't mean to disparage them, but I, I think that's got to be looked at, if you know the Bears' history, as a positive, to have somebody in an important position Absolutely. who didn't grow, up, Absolutely. didn't grow up in this, in this kind of uh, uh, family, uh, this kind of uh, franchise. And um, I hate to use the word dysfunction, but I'm sorry. It just, it just That's what they've been, so I apologize for that. But, uh, but I, no, I think that, that's a positive, but it's, I think it's, it's, it's tip, that is, is probably pretty typical of what the Bears are looking for. Somebody who can really kind of accelerate the stadium situation, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody who has administrative experience, obviously, uh, and and also will have uh, probably uh, no inclination to kind of take over, uh, be a football czar, which mm-hmm. is what they don't want. So it sounds like um, uh, we don't know if he would be the guy, but even if it's somebody like him, um, that sounds par for the course, which isn't necessarily bad. Like I said, you know, I think just the fact that it's new blood, I think is helpful, and uh, that it's somebody with a fo- somewhat of a football connection, mm-hmm. an administrative football connection. I think that at least at least helps the Bears um, uh, get to where they want to go, and I still think it leaves room for what I think is maybe their best thing. If, 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 once we see how Ryan Pol- it gives Ryan Poles a chance if he's successful to kind of spread his wings a little bit and yep. and become that major domo football guy mm-hmm. uh, that I think the Bears need. And so uh, so in that respect, uh, it, it sounds, like I said, it sounds like uh, an avenue the Bears would certainly be happy with. There's a little bit of familiarity here. He already lives in the greater Chicago area. The Big Ten is based in Rosemont. Uh, and, you know, he was around the NFC North. So you don't need to explain the way uh, football in this part of the world works. Uh, there's also, he's also very different than anybody the Bears have ever had before. Ted Phillips was the first president they'd ever had who wasn't a direct blood relative of George Hallis or George Hallis himself. Um, But Phillips was in the building. Phillips was tight with the McCaskies. Uh, Phillips is like a family member, even if he's got a different last name. To hire somebody from outside of the building is (laughs) progress, isn't it? It's really important, and again, not to disparage the family, but the McCaskies, but it's really important for the Bears to get somebody who doesn't think like them. That has caused a lot of problems here, uh, is that they hire people who 
they they think they're thinking outside the box, but but they hire too many. They hire people who think like them, and they those people hire make bad hires. So um, I think anything that's different is a, is a positive step. So yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I think it's a I think that's a positive sign. I haven't seen any of the other names, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, considering the way the Bears do business, I think um, you know, like I said, anything new is good. Uh, worth pointing out too that he is the first black commissioner of a Power Five conference in the history of American sports. Um, you know, the Bears already have a, a black general manager and a black assistant general manager. Um, again, hiring people uh, with different backgrounds um, hasn't always been the case here, and and if it proves to be the case now, I think we can look at that as super interesting and probably a step in the right direction. But let's also add that at this point in time where the Bears are, the most important thing right now for the president has to do is get the stadium done. Of course. It's not the, the football, the biggest football decisions, right, at least at this point uh, in 2022, are done, you know, for now. And so I think that's, a, that's important. Now, not that that would determine who would be hired and who wouldn't, but at least someone's not going to jump right in here and have to hire a new GM or a new coach. Or, or you're not going to have a non-football guy making football decisions. That, again, is progress at Hallis Hall. They've already, you know, they've kind of... Uh, they're they're kind of set now uh, with uh, Poles and Eberflus, and and obviously the jury is well out uh, on, on on that, but uh, but it's only year one. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out too that you know Ryan Poles reports directly to George McCaskey. That may not change. Uh, you know George had talked about wanting to keep the same structure um, whenever they do hire a president. I will tell you when when I talked to him in, in September. He didn't want to get into specifics about this is the kind of background we want, but he did list some traits. He said leadership, vision, humility, consensus building. You can look at the qualities of outstanding leaders, and we think they're going to be able to bring in an exceptional candidate to succeed Ted and lead the Bears. He said it didn't matter if they had stadium experience as long as they were smart enough to hire somebody underneath them who did. Um, And he said he didn't care whether it was a quote-unquote football guy or a not-football guy. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. That recall off the top of your head, pretty impressive, Pat. <laughs> I was reading off of a oh, reading off a story, uh, Potsy. So yeah, we'll see. You know, Ted Phillips, uh, like I said, is going to be around till February twenty eighth. And Bears fans, you might not be rid of him even after that. Uh, he and George talked openly uh, when I talked to them in September about Ted sticking around in some sort of advisory role beyond um, beyond February twenty eighth. So we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. You know, the Bears put out a statement today saying that. They haven't established a timeline for naming Ted's successor. Um, you know, your kind of classic non-denial denial. Uh, but, you know, my guess, Potsy, would be we'll probably find out something after the season ends, but before, I don't know, Valentine's Day, something like that? Yeah, and like I said, it's not, it's, uh, not, not as much on my radar, frankly, uh, you know, because, like, the football stuff is, is the key thing. Right. They're gonna, I think they're going to get the stadium done, you know, with t- Ted, but, with you know, with or without, I guess. Uh, but anyway, the main the football stuff is is kind of set where they are. So, um, so I'm not sure if the timing is for Bears fans is really uh, is really critical because the Bears don't have any uh, really big football decision to make at this right now. As a proud Arlington Heights resident, Potsy, have you come you've come around on this, right? You would like a stadium in Arlington Heights? Yeah, um, yeah, I guess I haven't really looked at it. Uh, you know, unless it uh, spikes our property taxes uh, you know <laughs> I, I guess i'd be against that because they're already high but yeah i think in general i think the, the best thing is for the bears to get a modern stadium uh a, a dome stadium frankly I'm, i've come around on that and, and and this looks like the best option if this falls through 
who knows when it will happen. So, sure. yeah, so uh, me being a Arlington Heights resident actually probably doesn't uh, doesn't really factor into it as much. Uh, uh, just as somebody who follows the Bears, that supersedes all because I just think they really do need, as, as somebody who loves Soldier Field and, and loves the history of the Bears, uh, I just think it's important that they kind of uh, join the modern NFL world and, and get it and get a, and get a new stadium. Well, and I think we have a pretty good perspective on this too because we travel the country and go to all these stadiums. You know, yeah. I think we've been to every one, right? You have. I didn't go to uh, uh, SoFi. Oh, you have been to SoFi. Of the, uh, of, uh, yeah. Roger cuts. So they, um, I mean, almost all of them are better than Soldier Field. Well, and U.S. Bank Stadium is, I think, to the even even though there have been two stadiums at least, maybe three built since then is the to me the prototype I and mean, that's what you want uh, in that stadium in fact we were in atlanta earlier and you could see the difference yeah. i don't know if it was the natural light or there was something about it that that the the atlanta stadium which is a really nice stadium just was dark and just not nearly as welcoming as cavernous as, cavernous as as, as the U, the u.s u.s bank stadium i think to me is still the the prototype uh, right. for what the bears should want and, uh, what any team should want so what i tell people is that i'm not I don't know that I can argue that U.S. Bank is the best, but it is by far my favorite yeah. of the new stadiums. And you know, and you know, if you throw out Lambeau Field, uh, it's probably my favorite of all the stadiums. Um, but like you said, there's a feel to it where it feels—it doesn't feel industrial, it doesn't feel yeah. cold. Uh, it feels like a, a really great place to see a game, especially when it's cold out. <laughs> and you still have that kind of warm feeling in a cold day. It's a really weird thing, you know, yeah. especially if, when you're from the upper Midwest like we are. Um, l- let's get to real football here, Potsy. Uh, Justin Fields was uh, not his typical magical self uh, last week against the Bills. You kind of kept waiting for him to do something to blow a game open or, or to break off a run uh, or to do something momentum-changing, and he never really did. Um, I, I'm curious you know, what you thought about his performance last week and – also, what you know? Can we just expect a lot more because he's playing in a seventy-degree <laughs> dome against the league's worst defense on on Sunday? I think the league's worst defense is probably and in both, I guess. But no, I think what happened last week was you had you know there's a way to stop um, to to stop him stop Justin Fields from running, but not every league has the personnel to be able to do it. I think everybody has the same strategy. strategy uh, but the uh, the Bills were just able to to, uh, to to use that to use what they had and, and make it work. You know, I mean, because teams despite. I remember when uh, when he first really broke out against the, the Dolphins, who were you know decent defense, not a great defense, but pretty good, you know, better than average. And they used a spy, and the spy didn't matter. The spy literally doesn't matter against Justin Fields unless you have a really good defensive plan because he will just outmaneuver the spy. I right. mean, he's he's quicker. Uh, than the spy, so that really doesn't. Uh, unless you have a good defensive plan, that kind of thing doesn't really work. So I think that's what you saw, where you know against good defenses, which that is not to be ignored. You know, someday theoretically the Bears will be a playoff team and playing in a big playoff game against a defense like they saw uh, and like they've seen the last two weeks, and 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 that could. And so they'll have to they'll, they they will have to be have a, have a better counter than they have than they just don't have the counter now. Um, uh, th- uh, that they need, and that's kind of what happened uh, uh, Sunday. Totally different animal, like you said. You know, this is a much better environment. Obviously, playing indoors and against a defense that it's kind of interesting. You know, they gave up 320 rushing yards right. last week. Right. I mean, 
in theory, the Bears won't even need Justin Fields to to really run to really pass. I mean, right. they can just they could run, they could play keep away, and and uh, and keep the uh, you know the mismatch on the other end, which is the Lions' offense against the Bears' defense, and just control the ball in theory um, and, and do that. So it'll be interesting to see. They want to use this as a kind of a, a a testing ground in the last two games for Justin Fields to kind of you know do his thing, and whether it's running, passing, whatever. But I think there's a very finite way of, of doing of winning, and that's to control the ball with the run game, uh, getting uh, Khalil Herbert uh, back on track after you know a slow start last week. And you talked about these spies. You know the, the Eagles use their def- their nickelback as a spy, um, you know which which is interesting because you know you're sitting there going, is there anybody on the other side of the ball who's as athletic as Justin Fields? Uh, they settled on their nickel. Uh, the the Bills used uh, Edmonds, uh, their linebacker, who's one of the more athletic guys out there too. So you know we talk about scheming, we talk about game plan, and how you're going to try and slow them down. At the end of the day, the teams with good players have a much better right. chance well, of accomplishing that. That's that's the lesson. That is the lesson. Not to take this off in a different area. But, Go for it. Uh, but but that that is the lesson of this season, I think. When you talk about like the hits principle, which sounds great, and I think it is a really good thing to have, but. I think it, I think we've seen it still takes good players to execute. You right. know, the, the hits, you know, guys can play hard. They can hustle, play with intensity, whatever. And uh, and if you don't have good enough players, uh, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna work. It's it's not a magic pill. Um, so anyway, yeah. So you're right. That's that's like anything else. They, that's kind of the theme of the season, right? Is that the Bears just need better players? Mm-hmm. They need two things actually. Again. To, not to get too far off what we're talking about, but they need what I think it was what did Matt Nagy call them multipliers? Yep. They need multipliers. They definitely do. They need they need a three technique who makes your whole line better and your weak side linebacker better. They need an offensive line who makes your other good, pretty good, maybe you know, good run block, whatever. I don't know how you want to categorize the Bears offensive linemen. Right. But they need one guy in there. Uh, not maybe to the degree of Quentin Nelson. What he, I mean, he totally transformed a really mediocre offensive line into a really good one. But you don't need quite that. But just somebody who can make other people better. So I think you need multipliers. But I do agree that they have so many holes that they do need a lot of help. And so um, I mean, that's that's that when the dust settles, that's what we'll be talking about in about two weeks. The Lions are playing for a playoff. Maybe not for a playoff spot, but to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, they're a very different team than they were when they came in to face the Bears. Uh, in fact, beating the Bears kind of launched them on their little yes. trajectory. Uh, what's different from what you've seen? Uh, anything? And what's and does that make this game any different than the one they played you know, six weeks ago? I'll be honest. I haven't watched the Lions that much. I've seen them a few times, but I, I'm not sure exactly uh, what they're I – think, I think they're an example of a team that – Okay, they got one infusion of the wide receiver, mm-hmm. Jameson. Yeah, okay? mm-hmm. and uh, but but really they've they've just gotten better. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was a you know is, is a better player now than he was six weeks ago or whatever. So um, so I'll be honest, I don't know. I'm I don't know exactly what they're doing well. Uh, I just know that uh, that obviously they've made a lot of progress, and uh, and their quarterback, who is an interesting. Is relative to the bear situation is very interesting. Is he the answer or not? Goff has been pretty good, so um, you know that's a guy who's been in the Super Bowl. So I think that uh, that's uh, that obviously makes a difference having a, having a competent quarterback. Since uh, they played the Bears, uh, they've beaten the Lions. Or I'm sorry, the Lions have beaten the Giants. 
a loss to the Bills by three, beat the Jaguars by 26, which is pretty amazing in retrospect, uh, beat the Vikings by 11, and the Jets by three. Then they go to Carolina last week, Potts, and they lose by 14 in kind of a gots-to-have-it situation. They um, just want to, you know, they're, they're so much like the Bears, they just got to remind you they're still the Lions <laughs> every so often. I mean, I feel for them, for the Lions fans, just because Bears fans are going to can, can kind of commiserate. Uh, you know, the, the Lions also have that long, a long streak of no playoff wins, and, and so... Um, it's an interesting situation uh, that they've come quickly here um, because um, we're seeing that with a lot of these teams, these kind of nouveau teams that have really made runs. They've kind of hit the wall a little bit, the Giants, the Jets. Um, Seattle has is, is not done as well. Some of these teams that have come up quickly, it's, they're, un, they're not established, and, uh, and uh, a team like the Lions are finding out that uh, you know, it's, it's, they've only taken one step. That brings me to the question, Potsy. Would you rather be the Lions or the Bears? You mentioned Jamison Williams. He's the wide receiver from Alabama who got hurt in the national title game. They traded up with the Vikings, actually, and drafted him 12th overall. Yeah. They have Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan uh, defensive end, who they picked second. G- looking at next year, they've got the Rams pick, which is getting actually worse every week because the Rams seem... <laughs> it, it's funny, as an aside, it's funny when you don't have a draft pick attached uh, to your season, it's, it's funny what happens when you actually try to win games. And the Rams yep. went out and got Baker Mayfield, and all of a sudden they're a little better than we thought. But you know, you know, where the season ended today, the Lions would pick seventh, uh, and again at eighteen, you know, you you know, you know, you throw in uh, Panay Sewell. Um, they've got, I mean, they've got some players there, but they don't really have a quarterback. Uh, the well, Bears, it's, the it's, Bears might have yeah. a quarterback, uh, but don't have the young talent. I, I mean, I think the Lions have got more young talent than they do. They just the most important position in sports. I well, just you know, don't know. Pat, in this day and age of the NFL, that's kind of that in between. Do you have a quarterback or not? Ryan Tannehill. Look right. At, look at the, the Titans. Do, you know, I mean, compared to you know, uh, a lot of times compared to what you have, it looks better. But you, you need elite, and uh, and um, so yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That can fool you, you know. So it's uh, that's a difficult situation. Uh, that the Lions have, but they built, you know, they built, uh, they're building their defensive line. They built their offensive line. Uh, Sewell's outstanding, and um, and I think uh, if that, if let's put it this way, if 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 the if the Lions' talent was on the Bears, we'd be really upbeat about about their future, even considering the quarterback. But you'd be in that same kind of Cutler thing where you have, you know, you think you have the answer, but maybe you really don't, and and. Um, uh, I will say this: If you build a good enough team, it's been proven golf can get you there. Right. So it's it's not like he he won't prevent you he, he won't prevent you from getting there. But um, but again, uh, you still have to have everything go. You've got to have very few injuries. Sure. Uh, you've got to have good offensive and defensive lines, which I think they're starting to put together. Right. And um, but golf, they, golf's Rams teams though had maybe the best defense in football. Goff's line. Right, that's team what I mean. You've got, have the great, worst you've got to have a good supporting cast. No, you've got to have a good supporting cast to make it work. I mean, he's not going to drag you though. He won't. You right. know, he won't be. I don't think he'll be a drag on you. So they have every right to be excited about what they're where they're going and to yeah. think that they're ahead of the Bears. And you know, I'm sure. And 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 they are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the that's why the key for the Bears is Fields. He's the one guy who can who can change that whole equation. Do you think Goff is enough to keep them from drafting a quarterback? Well, that that's the thing. That's yeah, the eternal question. Right, that it? is yeah. it. Well, yeah, right, right. Some, you know, um, sometimes uh, GMs are not, are not happy and make it clear. I mean, that's kind of been Goff's thing. That's why he got traded, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they, they, they went to the Super Bowl and wanted to do better. Um, 
You know, making that change when you think you have it is the same thing as like cutting a guy a, a year too early yeah. as opposed to a year too late. It's a really tough thing. It separates general managers, really. You know, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. And uh, so that's a big decision for them, um, especially if they have a high enough pick to get one. You right. know what I mean? That's the thing. Is Having how, the Rams pick. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, so that's what makes it interesting. It's like, yeah, sure, you're not going to trade up and, 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 and get desperate for one. They, they can't, you can't argue that they're in that position where they have to get somebody. Right. Um, but it's very tempting if you have that pick. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do, um, you know, uh, at quarterback. Because otherwise they, they, they seem like, uh, even with the worst defense in the league, um, they have, you know, they have, uh, you know, they still have reason to believe they're making progress. Well, and I, I think it's impossible to overstate how different these last two months have been from the first year and a half under Dan Campbell. Remember, he was he was cut. I mean, he was firing assistant coaches in October, um, and, and they seem to have figured it out now. We'll see whether there's staying power there. Which brings me, Potsy, to our predictions for the Bears against the Lions. One of us has taken the Bears. Last week it was me, and I was very wrong. Or I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. You were within a touchdown yeah. of taking a lead in the Mid- fourth quarter. Midway through the third quarter, I was feeling okay yeah. about it, but I wound up being wrong. This time it's Jason Leisure who is on assignment. Uh, he's got the Bears winning 29-26. Uh, he views it as a winnable game for a team that's frustrated. Potsy, the score you turned in was 30-27 Lions. What you thinking? Thinking there's uh, two really not good defenses yep. going up against each other in good conditions indoors, um, and I think I but I do think you know the on paper the matchup of the Bears um, uh, running game against the the Lions really weak running game gives the Bears an opportunity to you know con, you know like control the game and and uh, an upset would not surprise me it wouldn't even be an upset really right. uh, a Bears victory would not surprise me at all but. Uh, um, you know, the Lions are at home. The Bears are shorthanded, mm-hmm. especially uh, – I, I think they'll still be a shorthanded wide receiver. And, um, and, uh, and their defense, just it's just hard to count on them. It's worth pointing out as we sit here right now, Equinemius St. Brown was stretching with the team today. That indicates that he has been cleared from concussion protocol. We saw Chase Claypool out there too, but uh, it's unclear exactly how much he's going to be able to do. Claypool, remember, hasn't played since hurting his knee against the Packers. That includes a bye week afterwards uh, that he has sat out. So we'll see. Either way, Potsy, even if all of them get healthy, uh, <laughs> they're still playing out without Darnell Mooney and you know, and with receivers who are rusty at best and below league average at, at worst. And probably. with possibly another new uh, offensive line combination. So, um, you know, uh, they're... Uh, uh, Pass blocking has been suspect, uh, so you know that that could be a problem too. But again, it's two teams that uh, that uh, uh, have, uh, have have known to kind of pull the rug out from under themselves, I guess. And and so any, anything can happen. But I've seen the Bears, uh, you know, I've I've seen the Bears kind of uh, uh, look like they were going to be uh, in, in a game, and then and then the wheels come off in that with that big crowd at Ford Field. I've seen that happen too many times, so. That's why I went with the Lions, just uh, just because I've seen that happen before. But mm-hmm. hey, it'll be a good game, and I think uh, um, I think the I, I think the I, I agree with the idea that the Bears have still have a chance for progress, even though they're shorthanded. I think any game Fields gets to play, 
There's always risk of him being hurt, but I still think that's good, and I still think uh, helps build a foundation for next year, even if they don't learn how to win. I've got the Lions 40-38 to 38, um, with my rationale being that uh, there's one team in football that's given up more points than the Bears, Potsy. It is the Detroit Lions. So I think we'll see a lot of scoring. We'll see a lot of that. 40. Woo, 40, yeah. Uh, you know the guy in the hard hat who sings forward down the field, the Lions fight song? Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Potsy, how many games have you gone to? Uh, when the several, Lions... several. I only you've never noticed the you've never noticed the guy yeah. with a live microphone singing a fight song when they score a touchdown. No, I'll point him out to you on Sunday. Okay. Anyway, uh, he is Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Uh, between now and Sunday, f- uh, please feel free to check out the Chicago Sun Times, both in print and online. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, download the Sun Times app on your phone. Uh, that's the way I read our paper. Uh, and get a subscription if you live in town. Uh, The digital ones are free, and the paper delivery ones are cheap. Uh, Jason will be back with us on Sunday. Uh, But until then, he's Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.